Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. In Hebrew, the word translated spirit in scripture was actually the word ruah, which meant breath or wind. It didn't mean spirit, which in English comes from the Latin spiritus, which is a fourth declension masculine noun meaning breath or wind. In Genesis, God created by speaking his word by the power and strength of the breath that dwelt within him. God's word is what God does, and the power and strength of which what God does what he does is the breath of the Holy Spirit. The two work together because they are one. They cannot be divorced. What God has joined together, let not man separate. Now God created Adam from the dust of the earth and breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Now in Hebrew the word soul means a breathing being. Man was created in the image or the reflection of the invisible God and in effect became the living word, the Son of God, by the power of the breath of God that he breathed. Adam breathed both the supernatural breath of God and the natural breath of nature. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, He gasped out the breath or the image of God's fatherhood and he became orphaned from God's breath or the Holy Spirit. His natural breath or life continued until he died, but his natural breath could not sustain him forever. God prepared a body within the womb of Mary. Remember, this is Hebrew culture. God prepared a body within the womb of Mary and spoke the word Son of God into Mary's womb by the power and the overshadowing of his mighty breath. God's very own breath of his life or Holy Spirit entered into the body of the man Jesus as the Word of God. The Word of God is God in action. Jesus was animated and completely inspired by the life's breath of God's fatherhood. He was fully God, but he emptied himself of his divinity to become fully man. Jesus, in his humanity, established as the firstborn son or firstfruit of the word Son of God by the living breath and the inspiration of the indwelling Father. Now, just as a body without breath or spirit is dead, so are words and actions. Separating words from breath empties them of the breath of life and they die, just like Jesus on the cross when he died and gasped out his last breath into the hands of his Father. However, when the breath of God entered back into his body, the word Son of God was reunited with the breath of God and he rose eternally from the dead. When the words of God are resurrected, 
and reunited with the breath of God's life that originally spoke those words, we will see resurrection, the anointing of King David, and the blessing of Abraham. This is the power of Pentecost. Now, from God's perspective, you are the Son of God. From God's perspective, we are corporately the Son of God. And Jesus, the man, is in heaven. He's sitting on the throne of David, and he's received the blessing of God's fatherhood, which is the blessing of Abraham. Jesus breathes God, and we are part of his body. And the breath of God comes down from heaven. You are the Word of God, and as the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the Holy Spirit is reunited with the Word of God, you will experience the power of the resurrection. And this is what God says. He gave this for, me, for you today. God has in heaven a perfect image of the perfect you. God knows he created you in the first place. The devil came in and caused us to breathe out God. We lost the image of God. We were no longer the reflection of God. In the tomb, Jesus reunited God's breath with the word of God, which is you, son. And God has a perfect image of the perfect you. Now, religion's quite happy to say that. Religion says, when you're dead, you'll get it. Okay? Now, that's no good. What God wants to do by the power of His Holy Spirit, He wants to reunite you with the perfect you. By being filled with the inspiration and the Spirit of God's fatherhood, you will be transformed and changed. And as Jesus was transfigured and shone with the glory of God, from Abraham's perspective, that was God's Son shining with the glory of the indwelling Father. Now, I've got in my pocket here an acorn. I got this yesterday from the park. Now, from Hebrew perspective, this is the son of an oak tree. Now, it doesn't look very much, just like you don't look very much. Uh, it doesn't look very much here, but the power, the power and strength of the indwelling Father is in the acorn. And if this is planted and watered, it will grow into a mighty oak tree and the power of the Father is in there. It's amazing. It's incredible. Now, you're exactly the same. You can shine like stars. Abraham had two sons, sadly. He had Ishmael, who was a natural man, and he breathed natural breath. And there was Isaac, who was the son of promise, and he breathed the breath of God. Isaac shined like a star. Ishmael remained dust. The two sons were the dust and the stars. Now, I've got some scriptures. Now, when I read my Bible, I use the King James Version because it's coded with strongs, and that means I can look at the original words every time I read my Bible. I also look at uh, Young's uh, literal version. And uh, so, here we are. Look, when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, Peace unto you, uh, as my Father has sent me, so I send you. And then it says, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, the word breathe there is emphasuo, uh, and it means to puff or to blow. Now, Jesus was breathing something out of him into them. Okay? And the Holy Spirit there, the word spirit, is pneuma, 
and it says G415, current of air, breath, blast, breeze. The breath of God. Um, let's have a, oh now this is a good one. You'll enjoy this. Paul says, now the natural man, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, and they cannot be known because they are spiritually discerned. Now the natural man, that's Adam after he sinned. He was just like a natural man. And it's a sukikos, uh, and basically it just breathes air. Okay? And the spiritual man is called the pneumatikos, from Numa, and that is a man who breathes God. His life's breath is God. Now he also says that the natural man, that's the natural breather, that's the religious man, if you like, that this man is a moria. Now that comes from the Greek moros, which is the root of the word moron. <laughs> okay, now I wonder, I'm just looking, can I see any morons here today? I'm going to get wrong for this. Okay, now, uh, let me tell you, before I came to the Bay, I was a moron. <laughs> I was. Um, I was a religious man. I'd read too many theology books. Um, and I come to the conclusion that the power of sin was so great that Jesus died for me so I could go to heaven when I died. But Alan slapped me. He said, that's no good. And he blessed me as a father, and I was changed on the inside, and that stopped instantly. So this is the power of the resurrection. Have I, have I got any more uh, interesting scriptures here? Um, uh, how, about, how about this one? It says, Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now the times of refreshing is a parallel of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the word refreshing there is anasukis, which is recovery of breath. Now it's the same word that means wide open spaces in the Hebrew. So when King Saul sinned, and it says that a bad breath came from Jehovah, and he was depressed, it doesn't necessarily mean a demon, he was just basically depressed, and King David played his harp, it said that Saul was refreshed and came to a place of being able to breathe naturally again. So it's the breath of God. And it says here, it says, this is in uh, Acts 3, it says, You are children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made to our fathers and unto Abraham, and so your seed, remember the acorn, your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The covenant of Abraham was the covenant of circumcision. But it's not the covenant of the circumcision of the body, thank God. It's the circumcision of the heart and the ears to enable us to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, all of our soul and all of our might, just as Jesus did. Because Jesus is in us and we are in him. We have exactly the same relationship with God as he does according to Abraham. And it says this, to you first, having raised up his son Jesus, he sent him to bless you by turning everyone away from his sins. Now that's very important because the blessing of Abraham means we don't have to sin anymore. 
This idea that Jesus just died for us so that we could be saved when we're dead, that's just religion. The Holy Spirit, that's the breath of God, in our hearts can change our hearts to, to, for us to live just like Jesus. And when the, when the breath of God is reunited with the Word of God in you, that's the power of the resurrection, the blessing of Abraham, and the anointing of kings. Okay, so that's the revelation that I got just last week. There's plenty more. I've got, I'm writing a book about it. It's nearly finished. Alan's uh, done the foreword. But I keep, God keeps on unraveling it. I have read a book a couple of times and then he keeps adding loads of stuff and I read it again and then he adds some more stuff and I read it again. But there's something in what I've read that has changed my heart. <laughs> I've read, well actually I'm not a massive book reader but I have read books, listened to CDs, listened to DVDs, watched loads of sermons beyond but it's the ones that change you in here, isn't it? It's the breath, as he says. It's the breath contained within the message that reacts with who you are, that brings life to you. We heard a guy preach last week, and he said this, the, the secret or the key is this, to live in the river. You see, the river flowed from the beginning of time and will flow till the forever and forever and forever, and in the river is life. Similar message, Paul. He was saying, live in life. Live in the breath of God. Live in the river. Find out what brings life to you. So what's in the atmosphere, what's in the air today, what's corporately here with us today is available because I believe it has the breath of God on it. But we've got to breathe it in. We've got to make it ours. We've got to believe it. We've got to believe that when we stretch out our hand and touch, touch Jesus' garment, that we'll be healed in an instant. Despite the religiosity of the day, she believed that as an unclean woman, as she touched the garment, not even Jesus, life would flow through her. You know, she never touched Jesus. She touched his garment. She touched the anointing that was on him. Hello. <laughs> he didn't hold her hand. He didn't put his hand on, his, on her head. Touched the anointing. M most of you know, last week we were away, Paul and I and Anna and Jai. And in and, and the most inappropriate times, sometimes are the times that God wants to impart something of life into you. You would think, how can that be inappropriate, Alan? Well, it depends where it is, and it depends what it looks like, doesn't it? We've got to break away from that religiosity and go, this is it today. <laughs> this is it. And if there's ever a more inconvenient time to get whacked with the Holy Spirit, it's kneeling before two bishops in a, in a cathedral. But as the bishops laid hands on me, and they laid hands on Paul as well, but as they laid hands on me, 
something of an impartation of life came to me. It wasn't a religious ceremony. Well, it maybe was. But something of life imparted my life from an impartation from the bishops into me. I'll, I'll speak a bit about more this about next week because actually <laughs> we get very well the understanding that we need to love God and it's this way. But as I'm reading more and more and as I'm receiving more revelation, it is about this way. Equally. The father of the faith, Abraham. He did something in the natural that we're still living in as a father. And, and, and there's loads of examples of this in the Bible, but I want to, I <laughs> I'm going to preach, I'll preach some of this next week. But when, when the bishops laid hands on me, the last thing I wanted to do was get whacked in the Holy Spirit because it was not an appropriate time. And as Jackie laughed, and I'm sure I heard Paul laughing in the corner, as these two bishops tried to pick me up off the floor. And a sense of God changing something or bringing life or breath into me that was not there before. It was something different. In this atmosphere today, we're going to get the band up. In this atmosphere today, I think there is a corporate anointing for us. A fresh breath of life. And you, and you sit there and you say, well, how do I engage with that, Alan? It is by faith. Of course it's by faith. But you can engage. The, the other time I remember, it was over 30-odd years ago now, when God just come and met me, as I sat at a red traffic light in my car. <laughs> ha. I remember it like it was yesterday. And it was one of those moments where, where God just come and broke open my heart. And I began to weep. Unexpected. Had no expectation that this was coming. But God at a red traffic light, while I was waiting for it to change, came into my car and broke me. In a good way, not a bad way. And as I, as I sat at those traffic lights, and as they went to green, and I couldn't move, and as they went back to red, and the cars were tooting behind me, and, and as I began to weep uncontrollably, there was something from heaven had broken into my heart that I'd never experienced before. And I want to tell you it's available for us all. It's absolutely available for us all. And as Paul says, it's not a one-off gig. It's not, it's not when we die, we'll get it. It's here and it's now. It's for you today. It's for me today. And the key is this, it's in relationship to a father. Jesus came as a son to a father.
Wow. Wow. So your impartation is received in relationship. And by son, I'm talking much broader here, daughter. Your, your impartation is received within your sonship. Wow. Hmm. Because we all know that sons receive much more than slaves. I know that. Let's have the band back up. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to save something next week for you. We've been talking lots about the apostolic church, and I want to, I want to just say this, that what I started with right at the beginning was this. An apostolic people, an apostolic people are a, are a relational people. They relate to God, and we relate to each other. And I'll drop this little verse in because it'll cheer you all right up. But Jesus said this, you are a liar if you say you love God and hate your brother. You are a liar if you say you love God and hate your brother. The key <laughs> is in that relationship with your brother. I want you to take the opportunity today. Here's the word I'm going to leave with you. Take the opportunity when you leave this place today. Get out your phone. Get on your email and text somebody. It might be somebody you already love. It might be somebody you're struggling with. It might be somebody that you would never use the word hate, but you just know there's an attitude in your heart towards that person. <laughs> Amen.